0: Okay, so we've been talking about threshold. Um, It's Uma's, it was Uma's birthday yesterday. So happy birthday to you too, Uma. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so uh, we've been talking about threshold and uh, how to cross thresholds. And so for the last three weeks, we've been dealing with that. Hey, can you take the echo off a little? Or there's like a boom.
1: Boom. Boom.
0: Okay, all Now it's kinda too low, I'll have to shout. So you'll have to take it up a little. Same problems, uh, Jeevan. Yeah. Check, check, check. All good, thanks, James. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, let's just. Make them all feel better, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so we've been talking about thresholds and crossing thresholds, and so today uh, the topic is, uh, if you want to title it as threshold, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? That's what we are talking about, so, And I think this is the final part of the threshold series. So if you wanna get to a place where you cross the threshold and step into the things of God, uh, the word that we really have to pay attention to is surrender. And uh, it's the voluntary um, incremental yielding, incremental yielding of my will to someone else to some one else in this case god so that he can reshape it so that he can reshape it to whatever he wants it to be so Thanks. Okay, cool. Uh, hey guys, the echo is kind of back. Yeah. Check, 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 check. Okay. Yeah, keep working on it, and we'll get it right. So, uh, so if if I want to cross the threshold that I'm at, and that God is asking me to step over, so that He can take me into a much larger room where He has new things to do, then surrender. Uh, is the last thing we want to deal with because it is the voluntary, as in willfully done, incremental, as in continuously increasing, yielding of my will to someone else on a human level. But in terms of us and God, it is yielding my will to someone else so that he can reshape it to whatever he wants me to be. And so one of the things about surrender is you have to let go before you can grasp something else. You have to let go of something before you can grasp something else. It's not an exchange. It is I will let go of whatever I'm holding onto so that I can step over the threshold. I'll let go before I can grasp something else. It's never concerned about what the future holds for you. Surrender never wants to know the future. Surrender never wants to know the future. Surrender is never concerned. I mean, today if I surrender, what I'm saying is, I will never be concerned again about the future. That's what surrender looks like. Which is so different from our concept of surrender. Our concept of surrender is, give me a good idea of what you're calling me into and I'll let go of. This and step into the next. Actual surrender is, hey, sons of Zebedee, follow me. They got zero idea, no risk analysis, no risk assessment, just stepping in. So surrender is willing to let go before you can grasp something else. And it is never concerned with the future, never concerned with what the future may hold. This is what reckless living is, and reckless living is only possible if you actually are convinced about reckless love. That's an important connection, eh? You cannot live recklessly unless you are loved recklessly. This is why kids are reckless. And as they grow older, they get less reckless. They get cautious, why? Because when they are young, they are so reckless because they know they are recklessly loved. The dad will catch me two seconds before I hit my head. The other thing about surrender is once you surrender, you do not afford yourself the luxury of asking any questions. This doesn't mean that Diana shouldn't ask questions, so it could mean that too. But uh, once you surrender, once you surrender, you refuse the luxury. You refuse the luxury of asking questions. You refuse the luxury of asking any questions. This is the difference between Zechariah and Mary. This is the difference between Zechariah and Mary in the Christmas story. How can this be? Both of them ask the question, how can this be? And then one just lets go, (laughs) one holds on. One begins to speak, one struck dumb. Any questions on that one? That's a pretty big step, eh? The ge- refusing the luxury of asking questions, saying, explain this. Tell me what's gonna happen next. Why did you ask me this? You give up the luxury of that. You are no longer asking it for the sake of knowing. You're asking it in conversation and relationship. It is no longer for your sake. It is out of relationship. There's a difference there. There's, there's asking questions because you need to know. And then there is asking questions because you have a relationship and you want to know the person's mind, not your pathway. There's a difference. One comes out of a relationship, one comes out of a deep thirst for knowing. Surrender is to the will of Christ. Surrender is to the will of Christ, surrender is, surrender is to the will of Christ and to the will and direction, and to the will and direction of Christ through the body, of Christ through the body. It's not one or the other, it's both. So often Christ will lead you um, to his will as you surrender to his will, he'll lead you. But there's also this part where Christ will sometimes, (laughs) please, uh, people have said that when I say this way that I'm teaching heresy, I'm not. Christ leads us personally, but Christ refuses to lead us without using people. I am not saying for a second, That the Holy Spirit does not lead us. I am saying that the Holy Spirit will use people to lead us so that we are dependent upon people. That's not a wrong teaching. So Christ leads us. As we surrender, Christ leads us to his will, directly, personally. And then Christ leads us to his will and gives us direction through the body when we surrender. Case in point, Acts chapter 13. They're they're sitting together, they're worshipping, they're fasting, and then Christ, through the body, calls out Paul and Silas, Paul and Barnabas, because here were a bunch of guys that were open to whatever God wanted to do, and God now uses the body to speak to them to lead them to where they need to go. There are many instances in the book of Acts, Acts 15, it happens again, where Christ expresses his will and direction through the body, So, when one begins to take one's instruction only from the Holy Spirit, one does not surrender oneself to Christ fully because you cannot separate Christ and the body. Any questions on that? So, you mean
1: like physically moving
0: us? Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, No, like, um, let's assume Christ wants to speak to me. He will speak to me personally, but very often he'll use you to speak to me so that I never operate as a solo maverick operator, so that I'm always dependent on you. So a lot of what God wants to speak into your life will come through the body, through the people around you. Yeah. Through the body of Christ, sorry. And... This is difficult because it's easy to surrender to Christ. It's not easy to surrender to the body of Christ. It's easy to surrender to Christ. He's perfect. He's invisible. But it is not easy to surrender to the body of Christ, which is visible and very messy. Pardon? I can't hear you. Flawed and covered with warts. Yeah. Yeah. So I would go with the word submit. Yeah. Not surrender. Uh, When it comes to surrender and submission, um, you surrender your will to Christ. And you surrender your will to Christ if he speaks through the body of Christ. But you submit to each other. Yeah. Chava? Um, yeah, I wanted to ask how do we then discern what people in the body are saying is actually not Christ. Yeah. How do we discern if what is being said through the body of Christ is from the Holy Spirit? Um one through relationship, two through track record, three through the word, four through the 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 the, the way we seek him. Um, and five, to verify it. So let me go over that again. How do I know that what is being said to me through the body is actually of the Holy Spirit for me? One, uh, through the word, I, I don't know the order. Two, through the way of seeking him. Are we actually seeking him together and trying to discern his voice for us? Three, by verifying it, going and checking and seeing, is this of God, is this not? Everything must be weighed Four, through the track record of the ones that are speaking. And what is the fifth one? Relationship. Relationship. Have you built a relationship with the body where you realize that, huh, this is a place where God does speak. I have seen it, and so I'm willing to receive it and walk in it. And then the sixth one. It's usually not going to be something within your ability to do which will then make you dependent on the very people who have just spoken into your life. Six one is, it'll be like James, I want you to go to Timbuktu and meet uh, another James in Timbuktu on, street, on a street called Straight. And he's blind and go touch his eyes and say to him, see. And James now has to go and do this really impossible, difficult thing. Timbuktu is a real place, by the way. So this is how it works. And so I'm praying that we get to a place where we can operate like this, eh? where we are sent off on ridiculous errands. And every time the body sends you off on a ridiculous errand, the body has to absolutely back you because they heard from the Holy Spirit and sent you. So this is what happens in Acts chapter 13. Let's go to Acts chapter 13, just so we know this is scriptural. Acts chapter 13. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. And then for the rest of their lives, the church in Antioch supported Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas. He support, the church supported them. It wasn't as in, now that you're gone, great, let's get someone else. No, it was, as long as you live, we will back you up. And Paul and whoever he partnered would come back to Antioch and they would report the things that had happened. Is that what you mean by becoming dependent on the body? Yeah. Yeah. um, The intent is to be God-reliant and body-dependent. God-reliant and body-dependent, or body re- body-reliant, body God-dependent. You can use those words however you want. I need to be God-reliant, or God-dependent, and body-reliant, or however, however whichever work. It is both, it's not one or the other. I mean, I'm sitting here while worship is happening and weeping, because this morning I had another worship. I was leading worship in New York via Zoom, and uh, I was saying to myself, there were three people and it was the same way we started Acts 29 and I'm not even singing, I'm listening to the voices in this church and I'm thinking to 16 years ago with Chris and Heidi and I'm thinking, how do you do this? How do you bring it thus far? And I'm thinking to myself, I could leave today and not come back to Vancouver and this church would flourish because oh God, you have raised people and you have put them in place and this church is yours, you've done this. And I marvel at this. But the only reason it has become what it has become is because one has to be dependent on people. Everything that's happening around the world, be it in India, be it in New York, be it in Dubai, be it in Bahrain, be it in Lithuania, be it in the UK, be it in Australia. Everywhere it is because this body took over. It's crazy how, how powerful it is when Christ dwells amongst the people and leads them. Any questions, guys? Whenever I say body, I mean body of Christ. God never forces a person's will into surrender. God never forces a person's will into surrender. He never forces it. He never begs. but he waits patiently. The only problem is, as he waits patiently and you don't yield, time goes on. And as time goes on, you have less time to do things. So let's say I'm supposed to yield today, and I yield three years down the line, and let's say I've got 10 years to live, then I've got seven years now to do what I'm supposed to do when I could have had 10. God won't force his will, God won't beg, Not because he cannot beg, he just doesn't want to cajole me, to coax me into anything. He just lays it before me and gives me an amazing opportunity to step past thresholds into the things he wants and then he waits patiently. And most of us delay because we are afraid or because we walk by sight and not by faith. We have different reasons but he has the ability to Uh, give back the years the locusts have eaten, but when the delay gets longer and longer and longer, then you run out of time, but he waits patiently. And he does with you the best he can in the time that you have, still. We talked about this before, but the first surrender, the first surrender is the surrender to rest. The first surrender is the surrender to rest. As in, whenever we talk about surrender, the first surrender should be to rest. The first surrender is to rest. As in, I surrender my life to resting in you, O God, so that nothing I do will come out of self-effort. Nothing I do will come out of Nothing I do will come out of self effort. Nothing I do will come out of um, trying to self sustain. Nothing I do will come out of striving. Nothing I do will come out of exertion. These are things that I won't live out of. Nothing will come out of being driven Nothing will even come out of ambition. All these, I don't live by. So what do I live by? I live by the proceeding word that comes from your mouth, whatever you say, that I'll do, not one bit more, not one bit less. I'll live by the covenants you have already established, be it healing, be it provision, be it life. I'll live by your principles. And I let these things go to work for me so that I rest, I obey. I hear, I rest. Sorry, I hear, that's first. I obey is second. I rest is third. And you do the work. This is the way of living. What a cool way to live, eh? No self-effort, no self-sustaining works, no striving, no exertion, no drivenness, no ambition. What a way to live. I believe you live like this. I believe that you have to put it on display. I believe it'll be annoying to some. I believe it'll be life-changing to many. I believe that in The next couple of years, it'll transform churches. I believe that nation after nation will get this. I believe it'll become a normal way of living in 20 years. I believe people like Aaron and Phoebe and Mia and Yaya will be at the forefront of it because they haven't learned any other way. Mm -hmm. Any questions? So it becomes very simple every day. You get up, you hear, you obey, you rest. You only do what you're asked to. You're not even concerned about the outcome. You're only concerned about, I don't want to share this, but I'll share it. Really don't want to share it, because I want to hold on to it and say, it's mine, 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 but it's not, so I have to share it. So, is something that I've been using for the last little while. Really helpful. call it slot, I keep reminding myself, hey, listen, keep serving humbly. Whatever situation you're put in, however people respond, however people react, you keep serving them humbly. You keep serving with humility. Walk low to the ground. Even when amazing Mount Carmel things are happening, as soon as they're over, savor them, walk humbly. Live truthfully. Not live truthfully. If you live truthfully, Fully, you will live truthfully. Live truthfully, to the extent that you can, the truths that you know. Don't hide them, don't compromise them, don't hybridize them, don't dilute them. Live truthfully. Live it openly. Truth must be lived openly. This is what God Jesus crucified. He could have lived those truths quietly and could have lasted another 33 years. Live truth fully. And to live it fully, you have to live it openly. Again, these are the things that bring opposition. Obey immediately. This is critical. Rest. The seed for rest is obedience. The seed for rest. If you want to walk in rest, you have to seed obedience. That's when you get rest. Where you obey immediately. You don't want to figure it out. You don't want to wait for the questions to be answered. And then the last one is, now that you've obeyed immediately, trust the direction and the work of the spirit. Trust the correction of the spirit. Sometimes when you obey immediately, you can get it wrong. Trust the correction of the spirit. Trust him. Slot. Slot. Any questions? Self-sustenance is basically a means of controlling outcomes, controlling situations. That's how self-sustenance works. So God says to uh, Israel, listen, uh, I don't want you to bake bread. Why? Because baking bread in those days was a means of self-generated sustenance. It is, you control the day. You control what is made during the day. You control how the day goes. God is saying, leave it to me. Give up, give up trying to provide for yourself. Give up trying to secure your life. Give up trying to, all these things that we do to sustain, secure, provide, let go of it. it does, it's not the absence of a work ethic. It is that, let me take care of it. You do what I ask you to do, and it'll work out. It's, it's a surrender. Surrender at the end of the day is surrender of control. it's a scary thing. Only children do it, which is why the kingdom is made of them. It's a very cool way to live if we get there. And you get there by practice. The second surrender, the second surrender Is to is your right to yourself. The second surrender, is your right to yourself. Is your right to yourself. What are we talking about here? We are saying if we lived like this, we would c- cross thresholds at the speed of light. The second surrender is y- your right to yourself. Matthew sixteen twenty four, if you want to be my disciple, you must give up your right to yourself. If you want to be my disciple you must give up your right to yourself Matthew 16:24 If you want to be my disciple you must give up your right to yourself and who do you give up your right to yourself you give up your right to yourself to me not Jacob God although I wouldn't mind it either but um, so Matthew 16:24 if you want to be my disciple give up your right to yourself to me says God this is the essence of divine ownership. If disciple, if, if being a disciple is divine ownership and divine sonship, then this is the essence of divine ownership. How, how best to describe a disciple? A disciple is one who is divinely owned and divinely fathered. You're a divine son and a divine servant. So this is the essence of divine ownership where you give up your right to yourself to somebody else. Go think about it, eh? Because what happens is when you surrender your rights, when you surrender your rights, you become a servant. He can use wherever he wants. When you surrender your rights, you become a servant. He can use wherever he wants. And this is what Jesus does in Philippians 2, nine, As in, even though he was a son and was equal with God, he did not grasp onto that equality as if it was something to be prized or possessed, but he gave it up and became a servant. So, Giving up my right to myself, to God, so that I can be a servant, he can use wherever he wants, is a critical part of divine ownership. And if I'm able to continuously work towards it, practice it, then God can now make me his errand boy. And his errands are really fun. Because his errand can be across the street or across oceans, but it can be really fun. Servanthood is the gateway to adventure. Servanthood is the gateway to adventure. But servanthood requires giving up your right to yourself. People think sonship is the gateway to adventure. Sonship is the gateway to knowing the love of the father, knowing sometimes the mind of the father. But servanthood is a gateway to adventure because adventures are limitless when uh, the command that is given, follow me, is obeyed and you just leap out. Because at the end of the day, what God is looking for when he wants a servant is, He wants he's looking for a body that he can be glorified in. He's looking for a physical body that he can be glorified in. That's That's the essence of servanthood. Mary said it when she was going to bear... Um, uh, when she was gonna carry uh, Jesus. And Jesus said it to his father when he was setting out to the earth. He said, sacrifices you haven't asked for. What you've asked for is a body, here I am. Let me do your will. Which is then why it is required of us that this body be blazingly pure for the use of a holy God. A holy God expects holy servants because otherwise servants don't represent their master. I'm supposed to be a Shalia, or an exact copy of my master. This is where it gets difficult eh? because we know sometimes we are called to cross a threshold, we've heard the call, but there are legitimate interests, there are family needs that uh, come in the way, and surprisingly, the um, the response. Hey, I'm getting a call from the landlord. Should I answer it, or should I not? Hey, Deepa. Hey, Joseph. Good man, I'm in the middle of a teaching. Can I call you back? No worries, no worries. Are you outside? No, 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 I at, uh, just wanna confirm if you're gonna be there until 2 o'clock. Yeah, I should be here till one thirty, one forty-five. yeah. Thanks, man. Bye. Sorry, guys. Pardon? Landlord of this. <laughs> yeah. Pardon? <laughs> yeah. Well, um. for <laughs> me. I'm so glad you know these lines. <laughs> this is called self-probation now. People don't even get people don't even get thrown into probation. They just say, "All right, probation for me." <laughs> yeah. So sometimes legitimate interests and family needs get in the way, um, where it's like um, Jesus says. Uh, uh, I need you to do this, I need you to do that. You've heard the call, but the f- but family and other legitimate interests uh, also need you. And strangely enough, you would think there's some sympathy there, but Jesus says, well, then you cannot be my disciple. I wanted to put a, that face, that emoji with the teeth showing like this after this sentence. It's like, really, Jesus, you gave me a family. I've got family things to attend to. I've got interests and things that I need to take care of. I've got farms to take care of. And I, I come and tell you that and expect some sympathy and all you say is you cannot be my disciple? That's the best you can do, Jesus? That's how, that's how hard discipleship is. But not for you. You guys are like champion disciples. You've got no problems with this. Right? That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Colossians 3 talks about hidden in Christ or hidden with Christ That we are hidden with Christ Hidden with Christ or hidden in Christ is a condition of surrender It's a condition of surrender surrender, It's a condition of surrender To the point where you no longer pay attention to what folks think is important in life to the point where you no longer pay attention to what folks think think is important, to what folks think is important. Where you're so hidden in Christ that his interests have become your interests. You're not interested in the things he's not interested in. And he's super interested in a lot of things. eh? So don't think that this will make your life boring. There is nobody as interested in things as Jesus. Look at the variety, man. Look at at how easily he could have finished creation in a day by making everything black and white and putting permanent trees that don't change colors, just stay there forever. We'd have no problems with old earth and new earth issues because there would be no rings, there would just be a tree. No seeds, no need of flowers, no pollination, no nothing. Just black and white. It'd be so perfect. But instead he goes into seven days of creating and makes things and butterflies and Surrey and White Rock. and. I mean. <laughs> so... Hidden with Christ is a condition of surrender. I was really thinking of this. Father, can I get to a place where I'm so hidden in you uh, because your interests have become my interests. And you are highly interested in a lot of things. <laughs> Could you teach us some things, Mike? <laughs> Self-probation would be a good idea for Sue also. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, hidden hidden with Christ. Hidden with Christ to the point where you are so interested in what he is interested in. The third surrender, it gets worse by the minute and better by the minute. The third surrender is a surrender of the right of determination. Right of self determination. Right of self determination. Where you no longer where you no longer decide things. it is when y- you begin to want what your will does not want because you love someone else more than life itself it is when you begin to want what your will does not want because you love someone more than life itself like if i had a wife who i dearly loved and she had a cat that's how i would describe it <laughs> when you <laughs> so what happens then is you begin to want what your Will does not want because you love someone else more than life itself. This is this is this is why Jesus said in Luke 14, 26, he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own life, he cannot be my disciple. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own life, Luke 14, 26, Sheldon. Uh, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Where I begin to want what my will does not want because I love someone else more than life itself. This is what Jesus did when he said, not my will, but yours be done. And the moment you get to this place, God begins to give you real life. I give you life. Jacob, you have given up your right to even determine what you want. Well then, let me give you life. It is the kind of life that some of us have occasionally tasted, where despite everything that, Was screaming inside you, screaming outside you, screaming around you and people around you saying no. You decided that you will say yes to what you knew God was saying. And such a rush of life comes into your life. If you haven't experienced it, time to try it. You do that and God will absolutely, without any limitations, give you heaven. He'll give you heaven because there's nothing else left now. You've given everything. It's an exchange. Heaven for earth. You've given up everything here on earth. You've given up your striving self-sustenance. You've given up your right to yourself Uh, in terms of being willing to be a servant, sent by him anywhere you want, now you're giving up your right to even self-determine. It is the most precious thing to a human, self-determination. What we don't realize is salvation is the end of, the beginning of salvation is the end of self-determination. The beginning of salvation is the end of self-determination. I no longer live, nor do I belong to myself. This is not taught when we get people saved. I no longer live, and I do not belong to myself. Okay, the second surrender is giving to God all that I am in terms of my physical being, my desire to be in a certain place, my work, my this, my that, and the other. It's, it's, it's saying, okay, God, I offer this to you. The third one is to give my will to God. It's yielding of my will, saying, I don't even, there are certain things that I will, that I desire, that I will that I'm giving you even that. It's, I, I no longer am going to say, this is what I want. You can take my will too. There's nothing, there's nothing left. That is what is happening with Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, where he says, if this cup can pass. And then he takes that back and says, but not my will, but yours be done. Where now it's a surrender of, there's nothing left. After that, there's nothing left. You can do with my life as you want. You want it right now, I'll lay it down right now. You want it to hang on a cross for a while, I'll let it hang on a cross. These are not things that I will. These are not things that I desire. I know they'll be unpleasant. I know it's not my cup of tea. But if this is what you want, this is what I give. After that, there's nothing left. Which is why then heaven is the exchange you get. Everything of heaven flows through you, becomes yours. It is limitless. Life enters. Life enters, the kind of life that used to be prevalent in Eden, suddenly becomes yours here on earth in a fallen world. Sometimes, sometimes when you do these things, you get tasted. I've tasted of this kind of life, where suddenly you go back to this place called Eden, and all the essentials that Adam had in Eden become yours because you're absolutely free and nothing is held back. There is nothing held back, it is completely God's. There are moments during worship when you can get there, but the problem with getting there during worship is real life hits immediately after worship and then the question is can you? Any questions? Okay, let me end with John 21, verse 15 to 17. John 21, 15 to 17. When he had finished eating, Simon, uh, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly, truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, and this is the surrender of self-determination. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself, you went where you wanted to, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. After letting Peter know that, listen, even your self-determination you will give to me. After that, Jesus says to him, follow me. And so I want to end with these questions. One, if the world could be defined, if your world could be defined as dignity, fame, Wealth, finances, independence, freedom, self-determination, where you live, what you do, what you wear, where you go, when you go. If that was how we could define the world for ourselves, then my question to you is, Do you wanna look at that for a little longer? Yeah. Okay. If you gave, if, if the world is your ability to deliberate where you live, where you go, when you go, how you go, what you do, if that is what can be defined as the world for a believer, then here's a the question. Do you want to gain the whole world? Do you want to hold on to that world? I'm not talking about anything evil. I'm talking about the world as I just defined it. Do you want to hold on to that world and lose your purpose? Or do you want to lose that world and gain God and His purpose for you. That's the exchange we are looking at. Hey, Jacob. Are you willing to give up all that and gain God and his purpose for you? Or do you want to hold on to that? And that's a question you must ask yourself because that's where this church is being led. Where everybody in this church is expected to be like this. if you look at the world again, if the world is my dignity, my fame, or just being known, not fame, none of us are famous. um, My dignity, my being known, my wealth, as in property and stuff like that, finances, independence, as in the freedom to do what I do, want to do. um, Self-determination, where I go, when I go, how I go, what I do, when I do. Am I willing to take all that and say to God, Father, Um, this is the world that I want to surrender so that I can gain you and your purpose for me in this world. For this reason, I was created. It's difficult for the young and the old. For the young, because life is before you. For the old, because um, as you get older, you think you've gotten used to a certain way. This is one of the questions. Second question. God is asking, how do you make this pen right? Will you be my friend? Will you be my friend so I can share my burdens with you? Will you be my friend so I can share my burden with you for people, cities, nations, situations. Can I look at you as I used to look at Abraham and can I say of you that, shall I hide from Jacob what I'm about to do? Can you be that kind of a friend? God is asking. Can you be my friend so I can share my burden with you for people, cities, nations? That's where God is taking this church. These are the thresholds that God is asking us to cross. But it, and these teachings are supposed to change our minds so that um, once our minds are changed, our hearts which are willing can now give our feet the ability to move. The heart is willing, and when the mind changes, the feet move. I do not doubt the willingness of your heart, but I question the strength of my mind to give my feet the ability to move. I wanna be God's friend so he can share share his burden with me, saying, hey, I got a burden for this person. Can I tell you about him? I'm willing to tell you about him because this is important and precious, and the person or the city or the nation is precious to me. I wanna share it with you because I've found in you a willingness To just surrender to me and let me be all that I want to be through you. Can I do that through your church? Can I do that through my church that I placed you over? (laughs) Third question. See, to be like Abraham, where God shares things with you and doesn't hide things from you, there is a demand, eh? Worship won't bring you here. There is a demand. Third question. Do you love me more than these, Jacob? Do you love me more than these? What do you mean by these? Your car, your red car, your... Beautiful apartment. Just like yours. Pardon? Just like your- yeah. Your money, your ministry, your job, your dignity, your friends. your style of travel. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Your culture, your traditions, your family, your children, Your timing of things, your work, your wife or spouse. Are you Jacob? Do you love me more than these? Be carefully. One of the things that is very problematic with teachings is if you actually receive a teaching, God tests you to see whether you actually walk by the teaching he calls Abraham the father he calls Abraham a man of faith and then after calling him Abraham he tests him and he says Genesis 22 1 starts with and then God tested Abraham God has a right to test me on the things that he is teaching me so then question is, Jacob, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? And it's a frightening thought to think that things can become so important to me that I may love him less than these. A car, you love love. You love You him less than the car, you love him less than your apartment, you love him less than these things. That, that'd be absurd. But this is where we are at. How do we know the things we love, when we struggle over it. My thing is, will I struggle? God is not interested in taking things away from me. He's the one who first supplied it. Here's the crazy part. He supplied it. So this is not something I got by doing uh, side deals, um, selling stuff. Uh, these are things that, These are things that I received from God. Now, having received his, his question is, are you gonna struggle over any of these, Jacob? Because if, you, if there's a struggle, it means that there is strength in these things over you. I, used to, I wrote a song ages ago, and one of the lines in the chorus goes, count your blessings, renounce them one by one. Not count your blessings one by one, count your blessings and then renounce them one by one. And follow the Lord your God. So I'm confronting these questions in my life. And you have your own list. Reminds me of an old sermon by Bob Humphrey. From ages ago, eh? He said,
1: You lay all the stuff out in front of God, and he knows exactly which one to take. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Knows what that is. yeah. <laughs> Can you give it all up for Christ? Can you give me your life? And the last question is who will go for me? Will you go for me? Who will go for me? Will you go for me? These are the questions that I want to end with. This is where God is taking us. I, I want us all to be in this place. I don't want any of us not to be able to do this. This kind of surrender is the only thing God is looking for. He, he, once we get to this place, if anyone gets to this place, your talents and your gifts do not matter. Because all of God turns up. His entire life shows up. It doesn't matter. If you can get here, it, it is. Let me put it this way the people that are actually used by God powerfully without being known at all will be guys like this. And they'll be first. And many who are first will be last. This is how it works. If we can get here, and I pray God that every one of us gets here. Like George Bush said, no child left behind. We can all get here. If we get here, then does, your gifts, your talents don't matter. In fact, they are a liability. God just shows up and he just takes over. Any oh. questions, guys? Diana, any questions? No, I think you can answer in three minutes. <laughs> Anyone else, any questions? Anything you want to add? (laughs) (laughs) I give up my right to (laughs) self-determination. Self determination is being in a place where, when as a servant you're asked to do things that you don't want to do, you will still do them. Yeah, his question was so um, if the second surrender is to be a servant, is self determination uh, what, what does self determination look like? I'm saying it is getting to a point where, as a servant, I'm saying that you can ask me to do things that I did not sign up for initially and that I don't want to do, but I will still go ahead and do it because you're asking me to. Where you've now abandoned your, your you've abandoned your God given capacity to decide. Which is a scary thing. This is why if you don't enter rest first, you can be exploited. You have to first surrender to rest. If you don't surrender to rest, you will feel exploited. You will feel exhausted. Because now, servanthood becomes really difficult because you didn't surrender to rest. First, surrender to rest. That, oh God, I'll live by your proceeding word. I will not strive. I will not try to use self-generated means of sustenance. I will not sweat it. I'll just operate by what you tell me. Slot. I'll use slot as my um, way of functioning. If you surrender to rest first, you will never be exhausted. You will never burn out. The reason pastors and Christians burn out is simply because of one simple thing. They don't live out of rest. You live out of rest. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter that you're a cop, you're a nurse, whatever you are. You'll be physically exhausted and you'll go to sleep in the boat, but you will never burn out. Jesus never burnt out. He was physically exhausted, but he never burns out. You operate out of rest, it is impossible to miss out. I love operating out of rest. Love it. You become like the ever ready battery. Energizer bunny. Yeah, energizer bunny. Yeah, sorry, that wasn't a good imitation. Do you wanna do it? Okay. Do you wanna try it? Yeah, this is, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah. If it's a question about ever energize energizer bunnies, I'll ask Sheldon to answer it. Yeah, I think it's not a process. I think it can all happen together. But I have to keep rest as a first step. It's like building a house, it's not that you build only one part first. After the foundations are laid, you keep building different things at the same time so the house comes together the same. It's literally like that. But you send in the rest expert first because he's able to bring you into a place where now the rest of the house is built really well because that part is taken care of. Live by rest. And for rest, hearing and obedience is super important. Which is why we've been emphasizing right from the beginning, hear and obey, hear and obey. Learn how to hear, learn how to hear, learn how to hear. And that, uh, th- there's never gonna be an end to this, eh? It'll be brilliant. We'll imagine what your life is going to be 20 years from now. It'll be crazy, man. Like you'll be hearing, obeying, resting, hearing, obeying, resting. It'll be such a cool life 20 years from now. If I am this good now, imagine how brilliant it'll be 20 years from now. Oops, I forgot. Serve humbly. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Pardon? (laughs) Maybe your humility will increase by then. Could you send the ushers in? Someone needs to be ushered out. (laughs) Listen, if your wife is here, don't come. If you're not here, don't come. Notice you're, yeah, like, you're going off without Karen. And that is, you're sitting in the front row. Go and sit in the peanut gallery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this is what God is calling this church to, eh? Threshold. I know that some of you have been really affected by these teachings because I know you're taking steps to change things and it really blesses my heart. And I've been living differently too, so more power to us from the Holy Spirit. So um Just want to share what happened last week. So do you want to just put up some pictures? Pardon? Uh, Yeah, we'll do the trip first. Uh, Go back. Go back to the first of the three. Yeah, so (laughs) it just so happened that uh, we have a uniform in the church in New York. So everyone was wearing the same... uh, Uh, shirt and nobody we didn't plan it I know uh, guys don't plan what they wear like this so all three of us turned up wearing the same thing and uh, uh, so um, we rented a place in New York so that uh, the church can start meeting and this morning uh, like I said after I finished worship they continued with the teaching and things like that and so Josh who's in the middle is the one who's Uh, in charge of the church and he's he's really stepped up pray for him his name is Josh he's you've seen him some of you have seen him Uh, he grew up in New York uh, and uh, just begin to pray for him he needs prayer he really wants to do well really wants to do well has a heart that thirsts at present after God wants to see the day of power does not want to see a powerless Christianity, wants to see a powerful God. It would be great if this week you prayed for him. He needs a break in terms of some of the things that are coming up against him because he's not vaccinated and um, stuff like that. So pray for him. Pray a great victory for him. Pray a great deliverance for him from opposing forces that are trying to um, try and stymie his education and stuff like that. Pray for him. Ask the Holy Spirit. Give me words to pray for that man. Instill in him so much fuel that it will help him run for the next 40 days without stopping. I'm repeating myself because I don't want you to forget to pray for Josh. This boy is 25. What we are putting on his shoulders is humongous. Yeah, and with regard to his studies and the Uh, People that he has to meet because uh, um, he wasn't vaccinated, that they would cut him slack. They would know that he's not unwilling. He just didn't know the requirements and so now finds himself in a tight spot. And uh, just pray that nothing happens. Uh, He's got to meet with a board of guys on the 14th and so that God just brings a marvelous victory because it will encourage him a lot and that he sees the day of power. He does not want powerless Christianity. We went to a church. These two were there. and They were phenomenal. Uh, And the boss lady too, Phoebe. Yeah. So um, we went to a church and I didn't know that the church didn't uh, believe in healing and uh, deliverance and all that stuff because the guy who took me there asked him, so what should I speak on? This is just... Tell, uh, talk to them about salvation and then pray for healing and then cast out some demons I, I didn't know that the church doesn't do all that so <laughs> <laughs> so we went in there and Dan uh, and Shalom were supposed to um, lead worship but uh, they realized quickly that that was not going to be how it was going to be and I didn't know better so I went and preached and talked about healing and salvation and deliverance and stuff like that and I remember one lady, and this really made me feel so bad. Really, oh, uh, an older lady. She got up and she said, "So you're telling us about healings and miracles in other countries? Tell me, does this thing happen in North America?" I, and I thought to myself, "They really don't believe that it happens in North America." And I told her a story, and then I wanted—I wish I'd called Josh up because he had prayed for a lady who had a tumor in a, like there was the MRI showed a tumor, he prayed, and then two days later the tumor disappeared. I wish I'd remembered all the stories. But you suddenly realize that hundreds of people there who go to churches and they don't believe that God is alive, God does anything. And each of you could have gone up there and spoken about a healing in your life, because there, there's not a person sitting here right now who hasn't had a healing in your life. Amen. It's just crazy. And to go through years of church without any healing, any deliverance, any salvation, anything miraculous. Crazy, eh? So we prayed for Josh and uh, um, put him in place and then Phoebe wanted to know what was happening. I don't know why, Phoebe can say Evan, she can say Josh but she cannot say Jacob, she still says KK. (laughs) I think your parents are not helping her at all. If you can say Evan and Josh, you can say Jacob. But, uh, and then the t- we rented a place, so these guys were meeting there today, and uh, that was the place. So they got a place to meet, in. and, and uh, those were the three pictures from New York. Anything else? Ah, this is such a cool story. I love this. I need to share it with you, because you guys are involved in this. So, when I go to these places, I walk. Huh? because I have no choice. So, I was walking in Central Park and I felt a lot saying, listen, I want you to go down this particular road. And there are thousands of benches in Central Park. I said, I want you to go and I'll tell you which bench to sit on. So I walked and thank God the bench wasn't far. <laughs> and so, <laughs> This time God was merciful, not like Mongolia. And so went and found a bench and sat on it and uh, waiting to see what God had to say. Then he said, "Uh, I want you to look at the inscription on the bench. I was like bawling like a kid. Here's what he said. Here's what's written on the bench. Thank you for being you and the joy you and your children give us. Thank you for being you and the joy that you and your children give us. What are the odds of finding something like that on the thing? Mm. This is what I meant, working things together as a body. Thank you for being you. That was that for me, huh? Thank you for being you. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> got it? Okay, thank you for being you. And then the second part, and the joy you and your children give us. What a pat on the back, man. So just do that to yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, pat each other's back. Yeah. Uh, one slightly sad news is um, Derek, uh, Iris, uh, Iris is Derek's wife, uh, in case you forgot. So Derek, Iris, Don, and Derek and Don's dad and mom uh, tested positive for COVID, so The symptoms are super mild, um, but just pray that they become, like, insignificant, where none of them have body aches and fever. Um, Yeah, so just pray for that. Yeah. Don will tell you more stories about how Derek reacted when he found out, but I won't, uh, because they might be watching this. So that (laughs) that is one thing. Derek suddenly started spending a lot of time praying instead of uh, being with her or something like that. Anyways. (laughs) And then uh, Dawn. I mean, what is it with Jeevan and Dawn? They go to India and they make their own posters and put it up. (laughs) So. (laughs) I mean. Uh, uh, I I told Don, Don, why is it that Jeevan and you do this? So Don's response was, Jeevan makes his own posters. This was made by someone else. (laughs) 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 So this was yesterday, a youth revival. The Lord is in our midst as a blazing fire, catching fire. Word from Don John of Canada. (laughs) So... (laughs) So so the boys are doing well. <laughs> and, yeah, And I'm sure I'm going to hear about it from Don. Um, other than that, I'm going off to uh, Dubai on Tuesday and then Bahrain. Two days in Dubai, five days in Bahrain. I'll be back on the 21st uh, while I'm away like we said last week, May and Jane will be in charge. And uh, just remember to pray for Jillian. She leaves for Lithuania in two days, and then the UK, and then back. Cool? Pardon? Oh yeah, these guys got their visa. Yeah, so Miguel and Danny and the three kids got their visa. So they'll be arriving this week or next. And we've got a house um, set up for them. And uh, it'll be huge. So suddenly we'll have five more people added to the church. Yeah. Very cool. And um, I want um, Jay, uh, what's her name? What's your name? Emily to come up. And she'll read a psalm that Beata, who might be watching, uh, who's part of a house church from... Slovakia wrote, it's a psalm she wrote. So just wanted to share that, it's quite powerful. And then I'll ask Jane to end with I surrender and try to remember the things you want to surrender, then we can go.
2: Check, check, okay. Oh, how much I love you, Lord. I talk to you all day long. I give you thanks, I praise your name. For you are worthy, you are my strength. I am in distress, my heart is troubled, my body is weak. Feeling lonely and sick, I'm so dismayed, searching for your face. How long, O Lord, how long will I have to wait? But you are my God, the only God who forgives our sins and heals our diseases. Jehovah Rapha, everlasting and almighty, show us your mercy, deliver us from evil. I trust in your name, that your hand is with me. I hide under your wings, my gracious God and my shield. By your wounds we are healed. You died for us so we can live. You purchased us us with your precious blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus, my Savior, my God. Thank you for your love, for waiting for me, being so patient, so kind and forgiving. I will never forget what you've done for me. You are in my heart forever with me. I love you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I am filled with so much joy, love, awe, and hope.
0: Okay, can you read it one more time, and we'll just listen to it one more time.
2: Oh, how much I love you, Lord. I talk to you all day long. I give you thanks. I praise your name. For you are worthy. You are my strength. I am in distress. My heart is troubled. My body is weak. Feeling lonely and sick, I am so dismayed searching for your face. How long, O Lord, how long will I have to wait? You are my God, the only God who forgives our sins and heals our diseases. Jehovah Rapha, everlasting and almighty, show us your mercy, deliver us from evil. I trust in your name, that your hand is with me. I hide under your wings, my gracious God and my shield. By your wounds we are healed, You died for us so we can live. You purchased us with your precious blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My savior, my God, thank you for your love, for waiting for me, being so patient, so kind and forgiving. I will never forget what you've done for me. You are in my heart forever with me. I love you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I am filled with much joy, love, Awe and hope.
0: Cool. Hey guys, before the song goes up, can you just think of what surrender will look like you look like for you before we sing this song? Just take a minute or so. Think of going up Mount Moriah with your Isaac. You're turning to your servants, you're turning to your family, you're turning to the rest of the world and saying, I'm going up this mountain with Isaac. God is not a taker, God is a giver. So you're gonna be a giver too as you go up the mountain. What Isaac are you laying on the altar? An Isaac is a struggle and Isaac is something you've gotten after a lot of toiling. And Isaac is precious. Some of the ways of examining things is the reluctance we have, the fear we have, the struggle we have in certain areas. Reluctance, fear, struggle, desire, Then lay it as a gift, lay it humbly. Don't throw it, it's a sacrifice. You're not getting rid of evil things, you're getting rid of good things. Lay it humbly on the altar. strange how you can lay something on the altar fully aware that it will be returned to you many times over and yet you will have no desire for the thing or for the many times over it's not important anymore Father I thank you that you're calling this entire church entire church to this and those that are listening and will listen in the future, I thank you that you're calling all of us to this. Beautiful, Abba. You must have yourself a people that have given themselves over to rest, to servanthood and the surrender of the right to self-determine. Do you love me more than these? Ask us, Abba, that piercing question as we sing now. Uh, I don't even know if we should sing. Uh, they'll sing, Abba, and we'll listen or sing or do I don't want this to become a song, I want this to become, I want this to become Psalm 130, I don't remember where it says. Um, Test my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Okay, Lord, I'm done.
1: Yeah. Like a rushing wind, Jesus, breathe within, Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way in me, like a man. Because when I trust you I don't need to understand. So we yield to you and to your careful hands. Because when we trust you whatever you want me to be God I came here with nothing
0: but all you came here with nothing, but all you have given us, Jesus,
1: bring you wine. Thank you, Lord, for these body of believers, Lord. The fact that you grant us sonship and you made us servants, Lord. Mm. That we may be able to surrender our lives to you, Lord. Yeah. Let us surrender those things that we don't want to surrender. Yeah. Lord, we just we just help us to draw closer to you. Yeah. And Lord, experience your love in a way that we've never experienced before. Yeah. So let us go with thanksgiving in our heart, yeah. remembering your grace and your love for us. Yeah. We pray this in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Oops, I just remembered. Happy Thanksgiving! <laughs> Thank God you used the word thanks. Let's do something jivey as people go. I made them after the things. I think that's all there was. Yeah, I think that's all there was. Oh, let's put um, uh, Mr. Probation on the thing and do all things are possible. <laughs> this is what happens when we end early. Got to fill up time, yeah? Oh, sorry, okay. It's not early, but uh, you can get up and move, he just will play. This is like the get up part of your seat.